I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Short work week, Andrew! <laughs> it's weird. It uh, feels feels like a Tuesday, but it's not. It's good. Hey, you're super, you sound like you're in a cave right now. Dude, I am in a giant... I, it, it's kind <laughs> of like a cave. It's a, uh, Where is it are really, you? Is it really echoey? Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. I'm in a, I'm in a in a boardroom right now. I just just finished a meeting, and so it's gonna be a little echoey. I don't know how to make it less echoey with my voice. You gotta get some people in there. I know. I need to need to get some uh, some. Just go out in the hall and call some people in. Foam padding or something. Uh, so we haven't talked about the Eric Gordon extension. It's something yeah. that, that we talked about as a part of the Rockets preview. We did foretell that. We did. I guessed wrong about that <laughs> in our Rockets preview. Uh, but what are your what are your thoughts on the the four year extension? Plus, I guess the last year's non guaranteed unless they win the championship or that he becomes an all star. So. Yeah, that's yeah. I, well, Maury's been. I wonder if that's going to be like the next thing. You know how like Hinky made up the Hinky contract, and I feel like Maury's kind of uh, championed. He, he's he's been like kind of groundbreaking in some of these weird, like uh, what are those called? Clauses. Yeah, those clauses. Like Clint Capella has was kind of famous. His contract is so goofy because it like comes down to like specific number of rebounds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so maybe this is just the future, like adding in these really weird clauses to guarantee or not guarantee money. But overall, you know, we talked about it on the pod when we were talking about the Rockets. They had to do something, even though no one was talking about it. They either had to extend him or they needed to trade him to make it all make sense. And I think ultimately you're not going to get anything better than Eric Gordon back. He fits their timeline he really fits their timeline now because he's locked up with these guys with Westbrook and Harden for the next couple of years. He's a shooter, which you need next to Westbrook. So I, I give our boy Tillman props, you know, he's, they're probably going to be in the tax next year. Yeah. I guess like my only hesitation is you're going to play Westbrook and Harden together. Can you play those three together at the end of a game? If you're playing like the Clippers, yeah. If you're playing the Clippers, I don't know. Um, I, I think with most teams, you probably could get away with it. In fact, I, I'd kind of be interested in knowing how many minutes the threesome with CP3 played last year. Um, but yes, I, I don't know what they do against a team like that because they're probably going to have to be playing Daniel House. Is he is he their best defender? My boy against, <laughs> I guess Kawhi and PG. Who, I, who else do they have? That's oh, I, PJ Tucker. He obviously would be playing in any yeah. final lineup. Yeah, he's there four though. But um, yeah, I think you'd rather have House out there because like their best guards, and and you want to play one of those guys at small forward probably. 
But like Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, like those are some like four of their best six or eight players, right? Yeah. It's just interesting to have like nobody above six five on the wing, basically. Right. Besides um, Daniel. But Daniel. Well, I'll figure out I'm I'm looking it up right now. I wanted to see how many minutes those three guys played together. But you can keep talking. I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah, Eric Gordon didn't have a great year yes last year, uh, which makes this extension kind of interesting. Cause he he shot forty point nine percent from the field last year, which kind of shocked me. And below 80% from the free throw line, 36% from three. And I guess what matters most is that people are going to guard him and people are going to pay attention to him. But it was it's just kind of interesting to me that he didn't shoot the ball better because you think of him as like this like lights-out shooter. It's like, oh, it's like closer to league average, like below league average from the field. Uh, it's, just, it's, a little, it's just kind of interesting to me that, yeah. that he was not quite as good as – as maybe the perception of him is. Yeah, so in the playoffs, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, James Harden played 263 minutes together, which was their fourth most used three-man lineup. Yeah. Um, so they did play him a lot together. So we'll just – I mean, I feel like the league changed so much, though, in a year that stuff you could get away with last year, you're not going to be able to get away with this year, and vice versa. Like things, things that you had to worry about last year, you don't actually have to worry about as much this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a weird season. There's going to be, I feel like there's going to be a lot of adjustments to be made throughout the league because you don't have to fear the death lineup of the Warriors anymore. Yeah, and maybe you can pl- like maybe Clint Capella and even Stephen Adams are like more playable guys, you know, during the season and down the stretch of games because. A lot of teams go small, but it was because that was like the trend because that's what the championship team was doing. But now, like, who's who's going to win the title this year? Like, who's who's the favorite? It's the Clippers. Uh, yeah, and I guess, well, uh, yeah. and I guess they go smaller just because they don't have a, a big that's that great. Um, they'll probably play Harrell at five, who's smaller. I don't know. I'm just I don't know what the next trend is. Uh, but, it's, you know, I was, but if a team like the Jazz or the Nuggets or Philly won the title, like bigs are way more relevant again. Yeah. You know, I was just looking up on 538 to see who they had projected the overall. And the Clippers are actually sixth. What? Yeah. Who do they have? Uh, they have the Sixers as the most likely to win. 26% chance of winning the finals. Number two was the Rockets, 23%. And then the Lakers, Warriors, and Bucks. I'm very confused. That's that Carmelo rating. Oh, okay. These are just projections. <laughs> As opposed to what? Well, I mean like projection models rather yes. than like odds to win the title like from Vegas, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are what smart people think. This is this is what the computers and the smart people think. But not the sharps. Not the sharps. I don't know what the sharps think. If you had Clippers Lakers West Finals, who would you pick? Uh, I picked 
uh, I'd pick the Clippers. Yeah, right. Unless you know, what if uh, Dwight Howard jumps in a time machine, Andrew? We oh. should probably just move right into the Let's Lakers. Transition us to the Lakers. <laughs> so last year, the Lakers were thirty-seven and forty-five, tenth in the Western Conference. They're over under this year and even fifty. Now, before I name off the key additions and key losses, I have a trivia question for you, Andrew. Okay. How many players on the current Lakers roster as of September 4th, 2019, have played in an NBA Finals? Oh. Oh, boy. Uh, LeBron. Just, that, that's correct. Danny Green. Great start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> JaVale. Yeah. Rondo. Correct. Dwight? Yes. Uh, Quinn Cook? Yes. Is, it, is that it? Six? Uh, there's one more. Oh, there's one more. He is still on the team. He is going through some legal issues, though. Oh, Boogie. Yeah. Yeah, Seven, the Boogie correct. stuff is weird. The Boogie um, stuff is weird. Yeah, it, I more just thought up that trivia question to remind myself how many former Warriors they have on their team. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, so their key additions, Anthony Davis, Avery Bradley, Jared Dudley, Troy Daniels, Quinn Cook, DeMarcus Cousins, Danny Green, Talon Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard. They turned over their whole team. Key losses, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Mike Muscala, <laughs> Lance Stevenson, Mike Beasley, Moritz Wagner, Isaac Bunga, Reggie Bullock, Tyson Chandler, and Svi. So many guys. So much turnover. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It is crazy. It's oh, a, boy. It's very LeBron-esque. Yeah. This, uh, this one's a tough one because we don't really know what they would have been like last year. Had I mean, had LeBron stayed healthy, they probably would have been in the mid to upper 40s. Yeah. In terms of wins. Yeah. So you look at their over-under, you're thinking, oh, they would have to jump 14 wins. But they definitely have better high-end talent. I guess they have enough around there. I mean, who? what guys do you actually trust? I trust Danny Green. Mm-hmm. I trust Jared Dudley to do what Jared Dudley does. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, like, what does the word trust mean to you, I guess? Just like... They're going to be who they are. Well, actually, no, because there's a lot of guys on this team who are going to be who they are. <laughs> no, like guys that you trust like in a playoff situation. Okay, so who's their crunch time a, five is like a, the right yeah, yeah, is yeah. The question. So LeBron, AD, Danny Green. Those are yes. three. And Kuz? Oh, yeah, I forgot about Kuz. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, Kuzma. And then, um, then one more. You can't really play Dudley because that's too many big guys. Yeah, too many forwards. They, they really could use a guard. Avery Bradley. Yeah, or Rondo. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Avery Bradley's only twenty-eight. Man, do we have any guards we can trade them, or anything they can give us back? <laughs> can we give them someone? Oh, I want I want Talon Horton Tucker. We should try to get him. He has such long arms. What about Horton Tucker for 
Nerlens. Sure. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah. Because Nerlens is going to, well, we said this last year. <laughs> no way Nerlens stays another year at the minimum. You know, Nerlens took a pay cut to stay with the Thunder. Yeah. He was like, he was thinking about that Muscala Noel front court and just like, whoa, that would fit <laughs> so well. <laughs> oh, man. How good do you think this team's going to be? It is so hard because I want to pick the under so bad. Yeah. But uh, I guess it, I mean, if, 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 if they're healthy, if they each play even 60 games, LeBron and Anthony Davis together, that's good for like 40, 45 wins right there. Yeah. And so then they don't have to win that much more with the rest of these goobers. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm probably going to go over. But I, I don't like it. I really wish they'd add someone else I could talk about and feel good about. Yeah. Avery Bradley was super good with Memphis for 14 games. You see, he, he averaged 16 points per game. Yeah, he was their second leading scorer. <laughs> someone has to score. Uh, but Bradley, he shot 35% on the year. Like, That's right. Like, that could be a guy. That guy. That could close with them, right? Oh, it sounds like you're already targeting him for the uh, trade deadline. Let's bring that back. For OKC. Yeah. (laughs) He's only 28. I don't know. Uh, I don't... To me, it's all about what is LeBron during the regular season. Is he in, like, prove-it mode where he's like, I'm still the best. And he comes back and he's playing hard on defense and he's doing everything you can do on the offensive end, getting Anthony Davis the ball. I mean, Anthony Davis has never played with a guy like LeBron, like nothing close to it. Uh, And they've got, like, I I know it's funny to kind of laugh at what the Lakers did, but if, you know, Danny Green can shoot it, if Avery Bradley can shoot 35%, that's good. Quinn Cook can shoot it. Dudley can shoot it. Troy Daniels can shoot it. That's what you need. I mean, freaking Booby Gibson was a guy that played Booby. with LeBron. And what happened to Booby Gibson outside of playing with LeBron James? I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, probably nothing. Probably. He played for six years in the league. He played for Cleveland all six years, and that was it. Hmm. Man, I just, I don't know. Like, I. Like, a guy like Quinn Cook, like, how much better is Booby Gibson than Quinn Cook? Like, I don't know. They're probably about the same caliber of player, right? Yeah. Like, he can play with LeBron, especially in the regular season. He can play with LeBron. And he's just going to hit shots. I really do wish they'd, you know, that you're kind of joking about that Taylor and Horton Tucker trade, but I do feel like if they just had one more guy to give him some quality depth, because, I mean, do you really... Okay, so here's my none, one, or both. It's Christmas-themed edition. Okay. None, one, or both. First scenario, Frank Vogel is the Lakers coach on Christmas Day. Okay. <laughs> Second scenario, Dwight Howard is the Lakers starting center on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, no. Is he the starting center now? Who else would it be? JaVale. Oh, JaVale. Okay. We'll just say... Okay, change that to Dwight Howard is just on... On the Lakers. Lakers roster. He's playing oh, on boy. Christmas Day. He plays on Christmas Day. 
I think that Frank Vogel will be the coach Christmas Day. Okay. Uh, I don't think Dwight Howard's on their team. I would agree with that. And if that's the case, we know Boogie's not going to be there. Like, they need something else. If, if Anthony Davis truly doesn't want to play center, they've got to make this trade that we just came up with. Yeah. They have to do it. And the Thunder need another player from Iowa State that can't plays shoot. that can't shoot <laughs> and has really long arms. Yes. That'd be fun. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I was listening to the it's so funny hearing other people talk about your team's young players. I was listening to the uh dunked on like re- summer league review. Mm-hmm. They were interviewing some smart guy. I don't know who he is. Uh but, you know, he was going through them one by one, just talking about, like, <laughs> none of them can shoot. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I kind of forgotten. <laughs> I guess it is a pattern. <laughs> yeah. We do kind of need to start getting a shooter at some shooters at some point. Talking about, like, Hami? Yeah, Hami and Deontay Burton. Baisley. And Baisley. Yeah, Baisley was the one. They kept calling him Basley. Oh, that's Basley. <laughs> um, okay, Andrew, trivia question for you. Before they were the Los Angeles Lakers, who were they? Easy NBA history question. Minneapolis Lakers. Correct. But before they were the Minneapolis Lakers, who were they, Andrew? Do you know this? Huh. I don't. Because they actually did not start as the Minneapolis Lakers. They were bought in 1947 when they were a team in the National Basketball League called the Detroit Gems. <laughs> How do you Detroit spell that? Detroit Gems. The G, uh, G-E-M-S, like okay. uh, rubies and stuff. Okay. So, yeah, the Detroit Gems were actually the start of the Lakers. Wow. I had no idea. Um, we've talked about them enough. I think my NBA smart guy is Talon Horton Tucker. Is Come that, on home. Is that based on the uh, how high he was ranked? On the Stepien? On the Stepien, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is Alex Caruso an NBA smart guy? Uh, I, I don't He's like an NBA ironic guy. Yeah. He's like a Twitter guy. <laughs> he is a Twitter guy. Because he's like kind of good. And what drives yeah. me crazy is that he was on the blue the year that the Thunder had Samage. And it was like, yeah, he's, Caruso's probably better. Just hey, did Noel? Sorry, better. Did Noel drop uh, Rich Paul? Yeah, he did. Okay, so Talon Horton Tucker is a Rich Paul client. We know how much the Thunder love Rich Paul clients. We make the switch. That's why we trade him. It's because he yes. dropped Rich Paul. <laughs> yes. We get Talon in here. We we bump back up our numbers, our Rich Paul numbers. <laughs> Get them to where they need to be. I like that. I feel like there's a lot of like anti-smart guys on this team. Yes, <laughs> like Kuzma and Rondo and yeah. Quinn Cook and Javale McGee and Avery Bradley, KCP. It's like most smart guys want to tell you how like overrated these guys are. Oh man, I totally forgot about KCP. We didn't mention him once. He will play. He could be the guy that closes. I mean that could yeah. be that could be a thing. What did he shoot from three last year? That's an important number for LeBron guys. Important. Um. 
Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over with all of that said, and it's mostly based on me uh, anticipating, expecting, also hoping for a big LeBron year. Mm-hmm. Thirty-four point seven percent from three. Wow, he'd be like tops on the Thunder. Bring him over, <laughs> tops. Bring him over. <laughs> Who can shoot? You know, like Alex Abrines would be kind of awesome for this iteration of the thunder oh, yeah i thought you were gonna say the lakers which that would be probably true as well and for the lakers yeah he just needs to come back to the nba he, he's playing though right in spain uh-huh yeah i miss him he's great miss him he's Thank great about him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who is who is like the designated shooter on this thunder team like just anyone who can shoot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I Gallo. guess. Oh yeah, Gallo. He's definitely a shooter, and we're, we're all kind of hoping that uh, Ferguson will become. Yeah. A Chris, shooter. Chris Paul can shoot. He can. Mike. No, I mean their shoot. their starting lineup is not bad. Yeah. Depending on who they play at the three, I mean, I guess you play Robertson, but still CP3 Ferguson. Shea can do a little bit, mm-hmm. and then Gallo. Like if you have those four guys on the court with Adams, that's fine spacing. It's funny if you trade Gallo and Chris Paul, <laughs> it's like half your shooting. It's not funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an it's going to be an issue. Like he's got to Presti's probably going to need to prioritize shooting a little bit eventually when we start selecting guys in the draft. I think the league might swing back toward just shooting not being important, right? Oh, really? Yeah. No. That's your that's your future prediction. That's my that's that's what my Carmelo rating says. Is that shooting? Well, no. It it is kind of weird. Like it is kind of weird. Like Diallo, Burton, Baisley, Dort, Dort. I mean, like none of those guys can shoot it. Ferguson, yeah, and that's why. Ferguson if we're gonna, can, but. if we're gonna trade Gallo, which I mean, we probably will. You know, for the longest time, I was always so focused on like, gotta get that first round pick. All I want is a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And then listening to Mikey talk about it, he was like, eh, is a late round first round pick, or a, is that right? Late first round pick is that mm-hmm. really that big of a deal? Should we really be that excited for it? We have all these other picks coming, and I kind of agree. And now I've shifted my focus to I'd rather get back just like a young guy. He doesn't have to be great, but just like a young project guy. And it could it'd be ideal if he was a shooter. Just someone who maybe the other team doesn't think is going to be a long term. You know, it's not like a blue chip piece you're, you're trading for, but the type of the type of guy you would get at the end of the first round. But maybe just a little bit further along. I'd be open to that as well. Who would that be? Who would that be? <laughs> um <laughs> That's a, well, tough, that's, that's a tough that's thing you to, to find, find out. <laughs> Malik Beasley? Uh, can he shoot? I don't know, dude. Yeah, see, it needs to be a shooter. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying. I don't, I'm not like thrilled about getting like the 26th pick or whatever. So if, especially if it's this year. Yeah. If it's a future year where you can then package it with other stuff. But if you get it for this year, you're having to make a decision on it really quick. Mm-hmm. Malik Beasley, 40% on five attempts per game. 
Yeah, just like something like that. Just give me a guy like that. Yeah, he scored 11 points a game. Yeah. Per 36. These are Malik Beasley's numbers. 17 points. 1.1 steals. 1.9 assists. That's not very good. But 40% from three. Yeah. 84% from the line. Yeah. Dude, that's pretty good. Get Gallo. You trade Gallo to them. You get back Beasley. He's only 6'5", though. If he was 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, yeah, that is true. They they need to prioritize like a bigger wing that can shoot, which now, as I'm saying this, this person's getting more and more expensive. <laughs> it's just like you're just talking about a top five pick. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm just describing Paul George. Okay, <laughs> we need to trade Gallo for... <laughs> His nickname used to be a single letter. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's tough. That's I mean yeah. that's what they're missing. They're missing a a big wing that can shoot it. Oh brother! Well, oh brother! I stepped, I, I stepped in it on that one. <laughs> okay, you ready to move on? Uh, I'm ready. We've only spent 20 minutes on the Lakers. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 36 and 46 last year, 11th in the Western Conference. They're over under this year, 35 and a half. So you're basically picking them to either match what they did last year. Or do worse. Their key additions, Shabazz Napier, Trevion Graham, Jarrett Culver, Jake Lehman, Tyrone Wallace, Noah Vonley. Key losses, Derek Rose, Taj Gibson, Dario Saric, Tyus Jones, Anthony Tolliver. Um, so here's what happened last year with the Timberwolves. They started the season 4-9. That was the Jimmy Butler fiasco. After that point, Andrew, they were 12 and 10 in games Robert Covington played. They were 20 and 27 when he did not play. MVP? Robert Covington? Uh, at least. <laughs> but, the, you know, if you're going to make the case for them winning more games than they did last year, or just actually winning as much games as they did last year. You would start with the fact that Robert Covington should be healthy. He only played in 22 games last year. Yeah. They were a lot better when he played. However, if you're going to make the case against them, six of the seven oldest players on last year's roster are gone, which could be a good or bad thing. But the guys that left, I mean, those were legit rotation players. I mean, Derrick Rose was actually really good for them last year. Taj Gibson is a really solid NBA player. Same with Anthony Tolliver, even Dario Saric. You know, had his flaws in in Minnesota, but they're replacing all these guys with a lot of youth. Yeah. Like they got significantly younger this year. You know, like their type of veteran that they added is like Noah Vonley or Shabazz Napier. Those are like the NBA veterans they added, and then they right. just brought in a lot of other young guys. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm starting to think under for this team, and that makes me think. Well, what are they going to do? Long term, because they just brought in a new GM. Everyone kind of thought he was going to shake it up this summer. And I think they wanted to with the D'Angelo Russell move that never happened. Right. And all the rumored Andrew Wiggins trades that never happened. So, like, if they don't win as many games as last year, or if they start off start off really poorly, what are they going to do? Because I feel like they will move. Are they are they would they really ever blow it up? Would Carl Anthony Towns really ever become a trade candidate? I don't think so, but yeah, I don't know. I, I look at this team, and I, I think I'm going to take the under. 
Yeah, I, I probably will too. I mean, Jeff Teague is a trade candidate, I think, because he's on an expiring deal. If I'm that, I'm, I'm seeing if I can get a pick for Covington. Yeah. He's 28. He like doesn't fit the timeline. I try to trade him and just try to build with Towns and Culver and Akoji and just see what, what you can do and try to get a guard, try to get a point guard. See if you can get D'Angelo Russell or see if you can get a guard in the draft. But to me, they, they tried to fast forward their timeline by getting Jimmy Butler. They made the playoffs. It was great. But then he decided he wanted to leave, and now you're left with this 23-year-old superstar big man and really not a whole lot else around him. And in a Western Conference that's so crowded, like why are you trying to win games right now? Like I would, I would take a back seat and I'd try to lose and I would just try to build around towns. That's what I would do. Yeah, it's interesting to think back of what this team would look like if they never made the Jimmy Butler trade. Who knows if they would have taken Markinen, but Markinen and Towns would have been a really fun offensive. Dude, that could have been awesome. That's, I mean, that's that's very disappointing if you're Minnesota because you hit the fast forward button too soon, and then you're left with this team where you're like they don't really have a direction. Hank is very unhappy about the direction of the Timberwolves. He is. I think it's because he has you know Wolf in his blood. <laughs> And so, he, by, by extension, he feels like they're representing his species. And uh, he's just really disappointed the road they've gone down the last decade. Right. Yeah, it's, they're just in a weird spot. Like, if Culver's not very good, which is possible, like, what do they got? Yeah, well, my none one or both. Scenario one, Jarrett Culver makes first team all-rookie. And scenario two, Andrew Wiggins is playing for the Wolves in March. Oh, boy. I think Wiggins will be on the team. So I'm saying one. Uh, so, so you, because I, 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 you know, I know you're big in the, the draft. You looked at all these guys. How, how do you feel about Jarrett Culver overall? I like Culver. I just, I don't know if he gets enough shots to, to make the first team. Like Zion... Jaw, R.J. Barrett's going to have a ton of opportunity. And then, like, is Darius Garland good? Is Kobe White good? Uh, Rui Hachimura is going to have a ton of opportunity in Washington. Yeah. So I would, I would not bet on Culver making it just because there's not going to be enough shots for him to make it. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of that's about scoring. And I just don't know if he's going to have the opportunity to, to get there. Um, I, I have a trivia question for you. Um, this is in the realm of the uh, Tyler Lydon trivia I gave you a few weeks ago. Okay. So Jeff Teague was drafted in the 2009 NBA draft with the 19th pick. Uh-huh. Starting with the 17th pick, five straight point guards went off the board. Oh, man. As a hint, this was the David Kahn draft. Yeah. How many – can you name the other four? And they're all well-known names. <sighs> Um, Eric Maynard was one of them. That is correct. Um, Ty yeah. Lawson? Yes. Okay. Got it. That, I feel like that was the toughest one. Um, T. 
fatigued, Lawson. Oh shoot! And then, if you do, you need a hint? Yeah, I need a hint. Two guys from UCLA. Oh, Darren Collison and Drew Holiday. Correct. Yeah, all taken right in a row. Wow, that's crazy. What, yeah. What pick was Holiday? Was Drew? He was the seventeenth pick. Wow. I didn't realize that he was that far down. Yeah, it went Drew to Philly, Ty Lawson to Minnesota, but then to Denver, right? And then yep. Jeff Teague to Atlanta, Eric Maynard to Utah, Darren Collison to New Orleans. Man, and that was Eric Maynard was Bill Simmons' guy among that group, and he was by far the worst. Yeah. And then just a few more picks later, you got the classic back-to-back duo, B.J. Mullins, Rodrigue Boubois. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Bobois was like untouchable for one season. Yes, I do remember the Bobois era. That was cool. That was a good draft. It was a really good draft. That was pegged. Man. It was pegged as a bad draft. Yeah, I mean there there are definitely busts all throughout, like famous busts, yeah, with like the Beat, Johnny Flynn, Jordan Hill. Oh, but Jordan man, Hill! Oh my gosh. He's so bad. Yeah, but there's so many good players. What year was that? Even, that was 2009. Like yeah. even Taj Gibson, Damari Carroll, Wayne Ellington went right in a row at the very end of the first round. Yeah. Great draft. Oh, Patrick Beverly in the second round. Psycho T. Psycho T. Yeah, there's a Patty Mills. Robert Vaden, remember him? <laughs> How could I forget the rock? Danny Green. 46. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that was a great draft. Okay, uh, smart guy. I say Tyrone Wallace. (laughs) Is he a smart guy? Yes, he's a very specific type of NBA smart guy that never really ends up playing that much, but (laughs) dunked on we'll talk about forever. Oh, really? He's right up there with, like, Wancho. He's up there with uh, Tarek Black. Wow. He's, he's one of their guys. He will always and forever be mentioned by any team that picks him up. I think, like, like when people are reviewing that team. <laughs> yeah, he played for the Clippers, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. I, I, to me, the smart guy take is that underrated acquisition of the offseason is the Shabazz Napier-Travion Graham duo. Yeah, the package, package deal. It's a great, that's a, that's a great little, little signing there. Little package. Great, great little signing. <laughs> I feel like people are back on Noah Vonley now, too. They're yeah, like yeah, that's a thing. Um, okay, moving on to the Grizz. 33-49 and 49 last year, 12th in the Western Conference. The over-under is 27.5. Key additions, Jay Crowder, Josh Jackson, Andre Iguodala, Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton, John Morant, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones. Key losses, Mike Conley, Garrett Temple, DeLon Wright, Justin Holliday. They had themselves a little summer, which I had heard people talking about how nice the Grizzlies' summer was, but they really did bring in a lot of nice young guys. Yeah. In fact, I was, I was going to say, there's no way of you of knowing this, but my thought was, do the Grizzlies have the best under-23 starting five in the league? Huh. So they, they can put out a lineup of Ja Morant, DeAnthony Melton, Josh Jackson, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. That's a pretty solid 
starting five. And all, the, all those guys are under 23. Well, Brandon Clark is not under 23. He'll be 24 very soon. Uh, well, he's okay. So he, I'm changing that to under 24. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I actually have a Brandon Clark game for you. Okay. Because he's my NBA smart guy. Uh, again, I was listening to the uh, dunked on review of the OKC offseason, and and they were talking about, oh, why didn't they take Brandon Clark? You know. Why yeah. <laughs> okay, we're gonna play a game. Brandon Clark is older or younger than, and I'm gonna give you a name. You have to tell me whether Brandon Clark is older or younger than them. Okay, I like this. Okay. And I threw in some ones to, to mix you up, okay? It's not all me trying to prove that he's an old man. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jamal Murray. Oh, he's older. He is older. Jalen Brown. Older. He is older. Bam Adebayo. Older. Also older. Mikhail Bridges. Mm. Younger. He is younger. Because Mikhail was like a junior, I think. Yeah. Terry Rozier. Oh, he's got to be younger than Terry Rozier, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. Uh, Devin Booker. Oh, he's older than Devin Booker. He is older. Wow, you could, you could ace this. Domantas Sabonis. He's older than Domas. He's younger. Okay. It's gotta Domas be, is ancient. It's got to be barely, though, right? Uh, yeah, it is close. And then uh, Nick's rookie, Alonzo Trier. Oh. Alonzo's got to be older, right? Uh, yes, Brandon Clark is younger than Alonzo Trier. Okay. Anyways, Brandon Clark's an old man. <laughs> he is an old man. He is. He's old. I mean, he's, he's older than, than Ferguson and Diallo, like all those guys with the Thunder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I get why the Thunder weren't going to take him, even if he wasn't, even if he was a better player. If they kept Russ and Paul, he would make been, a lot of sense. He would have been perfect for them. Yeah, especially if they're getting rid of Jeremy Grant. Yeah, or if you let Nerlens walk. Yeah, which they didn't, but they let him. He 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 let go and then came back. Yes. What a weird thing that happened. They let him think he was walking. Okay, right. none, one, or both. First scenario, Jonas Valanciunas is the leading scorer for the Grizzlies next year. Ooh, okay. Se- second scenario, Josh Jackson has an above-average PER next year. <laughs> so his first two seasons, 11.8 and 10.6. He would need to get to at least 15. He's in a new new environment. Maybe a better franchise. I guess a better franchise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially now. Uh... I'll go that Valanciunas is their leading scorer. Yeah, I think that actually is going to be the case. I mean, Jaron Jackson is a maybe. He was at 13 last year. Yeah. Jonas was, like, right around 17. Yeah. I don't know what John Morant's going to be like in his rookie season. I don't either. Possible. How are you feeling about Josh Jackson, though? Uh, Not good. Not good. Still not good? (laughs) I mean, what's changed? He's on a different team is the only thing that's changed. Yeah. Uh, he's has not been good so far. What's that what is are, correct? I don't know what his stats are, but they cannot be good. Let me ask you some uh, Grizzlies trivia. 
who was the first draft pick in Grizzlies history? Hmm. In Mem- Memphis Grizzlies history? Just in Grizzlies history. Oh. Was it Big Country? It was Big Country! Yeah. Bryant Reeves. This one you probably won't know. What was the original name for the Vancouver Grizzlies? They actually had a name before the Grizzlies. Oh. But it was uh, rejected. Uh, the Vancouver Scenery? Uh, on, on the right route... Uh, the Mounties. Oh, okay. But the Royal Canadian Mounted Police objected. What? I mean, it is kind of a weird... That'd be like the Oklahoma City cops. It'd be just a weird... Oh, I, get that I see, I see, I see. I get that they're fancy cops, but still, <laughs> you're just naming your team after the local police department. Just kind of goofy. And plus, if they had moved with that name, so now they're the Memphis Mounties... <laughs> That actually would have been cool. <laughs> I'd be in on that for sure. Okay. How many playoff series did the Grizzlies win during the grit and grind era? So this included seven playoff appearances. Okay. How many series did they win? Five? Four. Okay. Dang it. I was going to say four, but I had four in my head, and then I was like, yeah, they probably won one more than I think. While I was looking up uh, trivia about the Grizzlies, I found this website called Kittle.co. Yeah, it's a it's a kid safe encyclopedia. So it's where you can put you can send your boys on there, Andrew. It's a great <laughs> kid safe encyclopedia. Nothing offensive, but this was in their entry for the Vancouver Grizz or for the Grizzlies. They said uh, in 1995 the team began playing in the NBA. They were called the Vancouver Grizzlies. In 2001, the Grizzlies moved to Memphis because the previous owner, Orca Bay Sports and Entertainment, started losing money on the franchise due to low attendance and a weak Canadian dollar. You know, it's really getting those kids excited (laughs) about economics, teaching them about the weak Canadian dollar. You boys will go on there and learn a lot. We'll we'll be on there today. Don't worry. Um, All right. Do you want to do one more? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right, New Orleans Pelicans. Did we even choose an over under <laughs> for, for Memphis? Yeah, under. Uh, so their over under was twenty seven and a half. They were thirty three wins last year. I think I would go under as under. well. They lost Mike Conley. Yeah. They replaced they him with a rookie, rookie point guard. Yeah, Josh Jackson, thirty two percent from three, forty one percent from the field, sixty seven percent from the free throw line. Woo, we gotta get him. Eleven. Okay, see. Eleven points on ten shots per game he's just not good he's just not good give him a chance andrew <laughs> i i honestly like if the thunder traded for him and you'd get excited i'd get excited absolutely yeah. but because he'd be our robertson diff- replacement who cares <laughs> right. he doesn't have to shoot <laughs> he just has to be a like top five wing defender yeah that's that's the outcome that we want for every single one of our players um, okay, New Orleans Pelicans, 33-49, and 49, 13th in the Western Conference last year. They're over-under this year, 39. They lose Anthony Davis, and they are now predicted to win seven more games. Key additions, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Derek Favors, Zion, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, J.J. Redick. Key losses, Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, Elford Payton. Just that alone should let you know how much better this team got. 
that like I, I legitimately needed to say all of those key addition players because mm-hmm. they're all worth talking about. And meanwhile, the guys worth talking about that they lost are really honestly just Anthony Davis and Julius Randle. Yep. So they're definitely a better roster from top to bottom, even though they lost Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, my none one or both about them, Andrew. First scenario, the Pelicans will have more than one rookie on the all-rookie teams, so first and second team. Okay. Two, second scenario, the Pelicans will have an all-star. Oh, I don't think they'll have an all-star. I think it's, I mean, it's possible. I'm a huge Nikhil Alexander-Walker guy. Oh, don't I know. He is my NBA smart guy. <laughs> he's good. He's good. If you really want to be smart, you say things like, you know, I would have taken uh, Alexander Walker at eight instead of Jackson Hayes. You know, the fact that they got both of them, good for them. But I would have taken uh, Nod eight. That's how much I like him. He's good. I liked him a lot. He's like one of the only guards in the draft that could kind of do it all. He's not going to, I don't think he'll be elite at any of those things, but he can do it all. You know, the question about whether they'll have an all-star, I really do think there's a scenario where Zion gets voted in as a starter. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. That will be the ultimate test of his popularity. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Hard to do, but he is that big of a personality, at least in my mind. So we'll see. I'll probably say that neither of those scenarios happen. Just like looking at it, because the guard spot, it's going to be hard for Walker to play. Because you've got right. J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball, Etwan Moore, uh, Josh Hart. They're all going to demand minutes at that spot. Yeah, it would almost be more likely for it to be Jackson Hayes. Just because the path to minutes is a little easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll play. Hayes will play. And yeah, Brandon Ingram. Like, what position does he play? I don't really know. Um, Okay, I'm going to end it today on a trivia question, Andrew. When George Shin wanted to move the Charlotte Hornets to another city, what city was his first choice? OKC. Not true. Okay. No, the Charlotte, when he was Charlotte. Before Uh, New Orleans. I have no idea. Memphis. Oh, okay. Did you know? In 2001, both Charlotte and Vancouver applied to move there, and Vancouver won. How do you win? I think the NBA just decided. Okay. (laughs) But this sent me down a rabbit hole of why the Hornets moved from Charlotte originally. Yeah. Do you know this story? I don't. It's kind of crazy. So they were an expansion team in 1987. They were owned by George Shin. The team was... Fairly competitive back in the 90s. Um, But the team's attendance started to fall dramatically. And some people attributed this to how much people hated George Shin. So he had like a sexual assault case in 1997. And it kind of had tarnished his reputation. People didn't like him. So as a result of this, he got really mad because the attendance was lagging. He wanted a new arena. So that's why in 2001 he applied to move to Tennessee. Now, that didn't happen. So after that didn't happen, he issued an ultimatum to the city. Unless they built a new arena at no cost to him, the Hornets were going to leave town. And the team and the places he was willing to go to was Norfolk, Virginia, uh, Louisville, or St. Louis. Huh. 
Now, this is the interesting part. So finally, the city decides, okay, we'll do it. They, they have this non-binding referendum where they're going to build this new arena, which actually did end up being built. And Shin withdrew this application to move the team somewhere else. Now, in the weeks leading up to the referendum, the polls were showing that it was on its way to passage. People were excited. They were going to build this new arena. Then just days before voting was to occur, the mayor of Charlotte named Pat McCrory, who I will come back to him, he vetoed a living wage ordinance. So totally separate issue, but he vetoed this living wage ordinance. As a result, the city's black ministers opposed the referendum because they said it was immoral for the city to build a new arena when the city employees were not being paid enough to make a living. Huh. So in a few days, all the voting switched, and all of a sudden this referendum failed. So they didn't get their city. Like, that would have kept the Hornets in Charlotte. Now, after the failed referendum, the city leaders devised a plan to build a new arena that did not require voter support, but they made it known that they would only do it if Shin was not in charge of the team. <laughs> and so it is said here, while even the NBA acknowledged that Shin had alienated fans, league officials, which means David Stearns, felt that, that such a demand would anger other owners, which it probably would. Yeah. So the NBA refused to even acknowledge it, acknowledge the language in the statement, and that led the Hornets to requesting a move to New Orleans. Now, what's interesting is that mayor of Charlotte, Pat McCrory, he would go on to become the governor of North Carolina, and he's the guy who passed HB2, which was the bill that caused the NBA to remove the All-Star game from Charlotte. <laughs> so this one guy was single-handedly responsible for losing his city's NBA team and then losing an All-Star game like a decade later. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy. It is such a weird story and they somehow just got an nba team back well so that was actually part of the agreement so when george oh, shin finally okay. said i'm going to new orleans the city or the nba agreed as part of the agreement that they would bring a team back to charlotte as soon as they expanded the league again i see which i don't think did seattle did not get a promise like that not that i'm aware of but it's like a it, it feels like it's promised you know Right. Like, if they're going to put an NBA team anywhere in the country, I mean, how crazy would they go if they, like, put one in Louisville? Put a team somewhere else. Like, yeah. in Kentucky or something. Like, they would lose their minds. Uh, yeah, so that's the story of the Charlotte to New Orleans Hornets. Wow. Little history. Pelicans. Little history lesson. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything Next week, it's coming. <laughs> The Oklahoma City Thunder over under. You've waited months. It's coming next week. Oh, boy. We'll get there. All, all we have left is the Mavericks, Suns, and Thunder. So we'll have to think of something else to talk about next week as well. And Media Day's got to be two and a yeah, half, when, three weeks away. I, got on, is I, that? I don't have the date yet. But I bet we're, uh, I, we're not going to have anything fun happen, though, this year. Well, except that people will be nice at Media Day. Oh, it's well, going to be so nice. I think the biggest story from Media Day is who's your, who are you going to get to do the down-to-dunk intro? I mean, Steven, right? Steven, but I also everything I've seen from Shea seems like he would agree to that in a second. Yeah, 
I'm going to be if, super nice about it. I mean, if I got Paul George to do it, we can get Shay. Yeah. And now you can drop that. You can say, hey, last year I got Paul George to do this. And that, that, that might convince some guys. You're like, oh, Paul George did it. Oh, okay. I never got Russell. Surpri- very never su- did. Very surprisingly, never got <laughs> Russell to do you it. Should, uh, you should ask him when he comes back. <laughs> Playing for the Rockets. Hey, uh, I've got this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that really love that, though, right? They would. Yeah, they would love Russell to just get on and just curse us all out. <laughs> they would love him to just berate us. They would. Oh man, uh, follow Alex on Twitter at albabycakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you've got some time. I guess it's called Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Go leave us a review. We're 49 reviews away from 1,000. Whoa. We've got to do something special when we hit 1,000. But Read them all. I'm not doing that. I know that Ricky Sanchez does that. There's just no way. I'm gonna, I, cannot, I don't have that kind of time on my hands, but we'll do a special show. For you if you can get us to 1000 so if you haven't done it yet it's very simple if you have a computer near you and you have itunes on it it's very simple to leave a review if you've got a an apple phone of any kind you can leave a review very simply so please do that today let's get closer to a thousand we'll do a special show for you guys training camp's coming real basketball stuff's coming so get ready hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.